Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this special Super Bowl 57 preview episode, we talk with Nashville-based executive health consultant and author Julian Hayes II. We initially caught up with him to interview him on January 27th, the Friday before the championship Sunday was to occur, not knowing who was going to go to the Super Bowl. He's in Nashville, but is a lifelong Philadelphia fan, and your host here is a Kansas City resident and lifelong Chiefs fan. Both of us talk about how cool it is that the cities that we love are going to the big game, and so much more. And to compound the point of our potential interview here, this is where we left off the previous conversation. Enjoy. Cool, Julian. Hey, good luck on Sunday, and if for some reason this happens and we can knock on wood or do whatever we have to do to tempt the, uh, the, the, the fate of the gods above. But if something does happen and they get in there, we should talk about it a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Most definitely. And so I, I, these questions are awesome, by the way. I just want to let you know that this, this is oh, awesome. These cool. questions are awesome. I don't think I've ever been asked a lot of these things, so it actually caught me off guard. So thank you for the great questions. Oh, yeah, man. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully we can pick it up. And, and, and keep it going if, if things do happen, maybe kind of a, maybe we can do kind of like a preview kind of a thing. We, we don't have to talk too much about it because we don't want to put bad uh, juju out there in the wind, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just hold steady until Sunday and, and go from there. But Thank you. You too, man. Julian. How's it going, man? Joe Domino, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, nothing much, man. All right. How's it going? So uh, It's good, man. The sun is shining here and uh, Super Bowl bound Kansas City. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so let's preface all of this with the fact that we are we we are people that have interviewed and spoken before, and we mm-hmm. lightly pontificated on the far out possibility that our each respective city and town might make a, a Super Bowl prior to that set event happening. And now we are discussing the fact that it actually happened. That's crazy. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> so we are the Friday before we got a, we got a little over a week before the Super Bowl comes. You're in mm-hmm. Nashville, a big Eagles fan. I'm in Kansas City, been a lifelong fan of the Chiefs. So, let's get into it. How does it feel? Ah, uh, it's it's. Man, after it's it's great to see because I remember as a kid, and then uh, even in college, how ironically the Eagles came up short a lot of times when they were with Andy Reid all the, in all those those great years. And so, <laughs> yeah. ne- and so now I think it's just part of being a Philly fan. You, you're kind of you, you can never be too cocky or anything because you just expect something just to fall, something just to go wrong. So to see it, and this is the second time in five years now. So it, it, it's it's pretty cool to see, and now it's it's starting to kind of change the way I feel about Philly sports now. Instead of being just always nervous at everything, but it's kind of just expecting to to get there and not be surprised. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. It's an interesting mentality that sports gives to people because Kansas City for years was my dad used to dub them the Kansas City Griefs, and he went to old Municipal Stadium or a memorial stadium. It was a very small stadium back in the 60s, late 60s, in a neighborhood off Brooklyn Avenue in Kansas City. No longer there anymore. It's a monument. And, you know, at that time in the 60s, they were a powerhouse. He knew what winning was like. They had Len Dawson. You know, back in the day, those guys were smoking cigarettes, laughing on the sideline, having a great time. 
you know, winning championships. And then we went through this 30 year gulch of just absolute misery. I grew up going to training camp. I lived in a little town called Liberty, Missouri. So I used to go and watch these guys play and they were just mountains of men, just these tall, massive, like, Greek mythology people, but they were the kindest people ever. They'd play basketball with us. They'd hang out. They'd give us wristbands. We used to get cards from the cops and get them to sign it, but they never won. But there was a part of me growing up where it was like I got that personal connection. But I I do want to get to that point of the fact that we, for a long, long, long time, always saw the ball go a little to the right. We always saw the quarterback that just wasn't good enough. We just had the team that was never quite there. So I get it. We share that with Philly. Like, you get to a point where you've been browbeaten for so long, you don't want to speak so loud. But I will tell you the problem, the cardinal sin that was made, because Cincinnati and Kansas City was really well matched. I lost my voice Sunday because I was so pissed off that that damn mayor from Cincinnati mocked us. Like, what moron had people around him that said this is a good idea to say that our quarterback is the father of one of the best quarterbacks ever that's going to be the MVP this year yeah that's um with with competitors like that as a person also that plays sports a little bit uh that's the worst thing to do is just add extra bulletin board material like and especially like super driven highly competitive people you don't need to give them any more extra motivation like that so and it especially it's bad because he doesn't have to pay the price for it because it's not like he's on the field or anything. So he's just shouting these things from the bleachers and everything. And then now the players and stuff have to deal with this. You know, what's weird about that. It happened on, that was my son and a friend of his. And I, and I heard uh, Patrick's wife, Brittany said something like, it's getting weird here on Twitter. And then our mayor, who's really awesome. He, he is a wonderful person. Quentin Lucas. He basically said, I'm not even going to dignify this response. Of course, what do I do? I have to see what they're talking about. So I go out, I, I find the video, watching it. But this is the weird thing that maybe people don't understand. I thought it was going to just spread like, I thought it went viral already with Brittany Mahomes Day and stuff. But it had been. I started talking to people the next day. I, I volunteer at a uh, food pantry on Saturday morning. And I'm around a couple people. I'm there with my son, Miles. And they're, they're looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. By the time it, it, like, caught, it went away, and that mayor was in Kansas City the next morning on the steps of our children's hospital, Children's Mercy, and they were making a wager on the game to see whose money would go to Children's Mercy. So whatever PR wizards were out there, they dusted that thing off and put it under the rug and turned it into a children's hospital kind of donation thing really fast. So... The wizardly wizardry that went into it was very fast. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all by that. So, uh, but but it is always fun, and I know you're in Nashville. There's something that, and I remember this the last time the Chiefs won, and I always joke around that after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I joke around that. Of course, after that happens, the world shuts down. Because <laughs> that's the only trade-off for the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl is that the world's going to shut down. So this time around, there's another level of exuberance. You know, we're not going to the home field of Tom Brady playing M. There's a level of this where we're genuinely going in with two cities. And I even mentioned this to you when we spoke last time. I see a very similar sports mentality that goes 
between Philly and KC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they have very like every every team in NFL has fans, but then there's there's certain franchises that just have a tier above others in terms of fans and dedication. Cause so the Titans are here, and the Titans have loyal fans, but if a team like Philly or KC comes in, and you can probably throw Pittsburgh in there as well. Those fans, they're going. To, it's going to probably be fifty-fifty or close to it, because those fans travel and are and, and and follow their teams, and not every fan base does that. And also, I think the city really takes the identity of the team, and not every team does that as, as, as well. Yeah, they certainly do. I know in Kansas City, you know, I don't have a whole lot of a barometer with other cities, but I know that we go gung ho. It's all red. It's all flags going. It's all everything. But I will tell you this: this is the interesting thing that happened, and I can't remember when this was, maybe a few weeks ago, I have always heard that Philly fans can get rowdy, and it is one of the only stadiums in the NFL that actually has a jail, like holding cells, and, but I've never oh, heard it 100%. That's the, What's that? That's the, old, that's the old veteran stadium. It did have a jail. Yeah, it's the old veteran oh, okay. stadium. Okay, dude, all right, so this is what I did. Like, two weeks ago on, on this platform, Podmatch, I interviewed somebody that's in real estate now but he was an officer in philly so we're talking about you know he was protecting people during the world series this year and how awesome it was and we were just kind of getting wrapped up in it and i said is there a jail in veteran stadium and he's like i've been there protecting the guys i've never seen it so you just answered it it's not the new one but it was in the old one yes yeah the old city okay mm-hmm. okay because <laughs> that <laughs> says something about a city that you know because I know I don't even I don't even really want to take my son to a Chiefs game anymore. There's a culture live at a at a at a football game that's just really bad. Like the first game I took him to, it took us like eight hours to thaw out. It was like, oh man, this is before Mahomes came, and it was a game where we had this weird matrix. If, if one team won, one team lost, someone scratched their leg the right way, and and in section three hundred four, we might make the playoffs, and we didn't, but. The people around us were so drunk, so rowdy, so absolutely horrifically callous towards the players that I was like, man, there's no way that I want to do this. And my son's 12 at the time, and he's kind of looking at me like, what's going on? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we know there's a culture in football that's different from other sports, but I just never imagined that there would have been a jail there to put people in at an actual football game. Yeah, and I think they even got in trouble this week. I think – one of the wives of the 49ers I heard was complaining about the fans. So the fans, the fans get a little overboard. They get a little overboard and, and probably more so in other cities than others. And so Philly's probably one of those cities because I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything crazy like that happen in Nashville. So, so that's, that's definitely for select cities again. <laughs> you, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I think I went to a sports memorabilia shop. I, I get cards with my son and, and, and we're pretty good sports fans. You know, I grew up, like I said, going to training camp. And I actually, my whole foray into broadcasting started with sports. I really wanted to be in Bristol. I wanted to be on the set of ESPN. I wanted to be up there with um, Keith Olbermann and all those guys. I, I was, that's what I wanted to do. And I kind of got in the inside and saw how it worked and what the culture was like and decided pretty quickly to get out. I, I was, so anyway, but I remember taking my son, like, probably within the last two or three years into a baseball card shop. And one of the guys said, because we have a really big rivalry with Oakland and not, 
It may have kind of gone away a little bit since they moved to uh, Vegas, but it was it's still really bad. And they said you should never, ever, whatever you do, wear anything Chiefs into that stadium in Oakland because it will really, really get bad. And that's the only time I've ever heard that you could get threatened. And, you know, I mean, we have a pretty open culture in, in sports where, you know, you can do that, except for extreme examples like maybe the Astros and all of those things. But anyway, I know that the Chiefs in Oakland had a really bad brewing and there was really bad things that would happen. Yes, that, I mean, that, that's true in Philly as well. That's true in Philly as well. That That's the thing I think she had on red or they felt she had on red or something like that. And... And, and and they started giving them problems, and so I think the Eagles do that with every every opponent. I don't even think they just do it for rivals. I think it's every team. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't notice that as much in Kansas City, but yeah, I guess you know, I guess when I did go to the games, there was a little bit of that going on. Um, but in any way, it, it's it's unfortunate that you can't feel like you have that freedom to do something like that. But that's the nature of sports. I mean especially with football. Football is just, as we saw with DeMar Hamlin, I mean, is one of the most brutal sports out there. The fact that Mm -hmm. things like that don't happen more often for as brutal as it is, is almost surprising to me because the hits that they levy and what they do is crazy. (laughs) Seeing it live is even just a whole other different thing. You see it on TV and you may take it for granted, but when you see it live, and you see how fast people are going, and then just the force of impact at times with the hits. It's it, it, you're absolutely correct about that. Of just how more people are not hurt. I remember one time when I was in college, I had a professor that was a sports guy, and he was a ref, really well connected, and we were talking about injuries and how things can transpire. And I'll never forget one time I asked him what was one of the worst sports that you ever witnessed and you know he'd been around a lot at that point I was a sports reporter too so I was kind of digging in and he said one time he heard somebody's Achilles um the 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 Achilles snap and it was one of the the most stark sounds he ever heard ever and 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 I and you hear about things like that happening I remember when Alex Smith of all people snapped his leg and how just people provided the sound yeah. You know, and I will say real quick, a couple things, you know, being here in Kansas City, um, I went to a a grocery store years ago. This was uh, when Alex Smith was still the quarterback. And you could text this, like, uh, code and see if you could go to Alex Smith's camp. And I got it. My son, Miles, got to go. Alex Smith is one of the nicest, coolest guys ever. Like, he really took Miles in. And Miles has special needs, and he doesn't have a lot of – fear and a lot of these barriers that maybe your neurotypicals would. So he just went, he goes all in with athletes. He just knows their athletes. He likes them and he just doesn't have any filter. And, and, and he really loved it. And, and they had a great time, but I always hear these stories and I've heard it this year too, that Patrick Mahomes has talent, you know, no matter what happened, he was going to be talented and he was always going to have a great career, but they always talk about how instrumental that year of grooming Patrick had with him was so essential to him being who he is now. And Patrick talks about it too, which I find pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's, I think we keep in, that's basically an apprenticeship. And I think if you look at a bunch of quarter and mentorship, if you look at a bunch of quarterbacks in the years past, they never were on the field. 
usually during their rookie years or maybe even have to wait a couple of years before getting on there. And so I, I think I heard someone talk about the level of quarterback play overall has declined. And one reason is because a lot of times you're throwing them in right at the start and you're kind of stunning their, their development. Which I find interesting about that Philly game with San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco is kind of a weird sports culture. They always find a way to get in the playoffs. You know, the Giants beat the Royals in 14, and they were on that year-on-year-off thing. But it always seems mm-hmm. like in football they find a way in. Like, that, you know, it's the only time that we won in the last 30 years against Garoppolo and the 49ers. But for them in particular that day, they, they had to go and get reduced to their third string and they were still holding things together somewhat until the end. And I was surprised mm-hmm. that the Eagles didn't totally blow them up the whole game. Well, I, San Fran has a – they have a good culture overall. So that's, that's, that's one thing. So they're always going to be competitive. But, and then, but then their defense. Their defense was really good. And, and I was – I'm not sure if um, Jalen Hurts – is not more injured than what was letting on, but San Fran's defense is good. So I expected a defense, a good defense can always keep you in the game. So I, I wasn't too surprised. I was a little, I was a little, wasn't really worried actually from the, probably after the first touchdown, I was, I was like, Philly's going to win. So I, I think my, my, yeah, I, I wasn't fine. I was fine after that, but more so it, San Fran's defense was going to keep it competitive. So I, I, I didn't expect it just to be a, a blowout instantly, even after the, all those things. Well, the interesting thing about that, that mentality of, like, blowing out and large leads is that people in Kansas City get worried. And I'm never, ever really concerned because of Patrick Mahomes and because I know how Andy runs it. Like, I've been around enough watching the game with him that I know how he uses the clock. And he's kind of that guy – which I kind of tend to be, too, when I take tests. Like, if if I don't do as good on a test, not that I'm not trying to, but if I get, like, a 70%, I pass it, I pass it. That's it. And I feel mm-hmm. like Andy's that kind of coach. Like, if the scoreboard says 19 to 16, but it should have said maybe 40 to 16, it doesn't matter. It's a win, and you move on. And I think that's a level of, like, Kansas City and getting used to how Andy reruns things. They want style points. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they want style points. And you and and even that thing with the uh ring around the rosies thing that they did last week, 2 weeks ago. Um th- that's the kind of stuff that other people don't do, but Andy will do or or he's evolved to a point where he gives that bravado and confidence to one of the best quarterbacks in the league now. Yes, and I mean for those reasons right there is why I, I'm a little nervous about about the game a little bit just because of that. Because if you look on paper, Philly Philly looks like they should be okay, but they got the best quarterback and then they have Andy Reid, and so sometimes great players and good coaching can overcome it. You know, just an overall well built team. Well, and, and, you know, the one thing I'm thinking about, too, and, and, and this is the thing that I find interesting about um, just kind of how the human element can really take over things. You know, when we went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, his son Britt, Andy's son Britt, got in that drunk driving accident and really, um, really hurt a young girl. And 
it took over the headlines. It created a pall over things that were going on, and it's still one of those things. I think they finally came to a settlement on it. But it was really bad, and you knew that it weighed on the team. You knew it weighed on Andy Reid. But I heard this week that one of the uh, uh, Eagles players is going up on a rape charge and um, aggravated assault, something along those lines, and it's pretty ugly. So I think about that playing on the team right now, you know, those things that are kind of on the back end of things. Mm-hmm. I think so, he was some sort of – I think he was a rookie or or so like that. But, yeah, that's the – I just saw that maybe a day or two ago. Yeah, and, and and I'm not seeing that that headline's doing much of anything. There hasn't been a lot of comments, and I don't think teams comment a whole lot on that. But, yeah, you know, when I think about the matchup of these two teams, I, I, don't, I don't see that either of the cultures and cities have any acrimony. Um, and we really didn't honestly have any acrimony – with Cincinnati until the mayor did that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we all felt really stung last year because we were up so much and then we just collapsed and, you know, things just went south really bad. So I think there was a fear and, of course, we lost too. But I think that's the thing that was the fatal flaw with the mayor. And I think what the national thought was that all of those games we lost to Cincinnati were really close. Even last year when, the, when Cincinnati, went to the, Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl, they only they beat us by a field goal. Now they did come back, but it's not like they beat us by you know ten points or two touchdowns or three touchdowns. I mean, they, the the matchup was really really close. And I think about that with with Philly. You know, um, I, I see this as a pretty evenly matched kind of thing because Jalen Hurts can use his legs. He's kind of like that Lamar Jackson kind of guy. You know, if he really starts going. You know that's 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 a big weapon for them, along with them being able to throw and connect. Yeah, if Philly, for me, I'm looking. If Philly can run the ball like they want to, then I I, th- I like I like our chan- I like Philly's chances. Then if they can, if Philly can, basically if Philly can control the line, if Philly can dictate and run the ball, and then on defense, if they can pressure Mahomes but still contain him. Because I think he makes a lot of his best plays usually when he's scrambling and just improvising. So I'm looking for me. I'm looking at the lines and see how the offensive and defensive lines do. Because that's usually Philly's strength. And so if Philly can really dominate filling those areas, then that that's going to help them. So the one thing um, I, my, my I mentioned my son's in the special needs uh, spectrum and. Somehow I ran into this kid. His name is Giovanni, and he has something called the Giovanni Show podcast. Have you heard about this kid? He's he's a big Phillies fan. No, I haven't. Okay, so you should look him up, and and I, I believe he has some um, some special needs. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he's this gung ho kid that like he gets he he goes to these events and. You know, national broadcasters interview him. He has his own podcast. You know, his uh, bio is, I'm a 15-year-old sports podcast host. Carson Wentz is number one fan. Jalen Hurts is number one fan. Go go Birds, go Phillies, go Colts. I think he lives, lives in Indianapolis, but he grew up in Philadelphia. So he has this kind of split alliance. But after the Super Bowl, uh, after all of that was announced, he got a GoFundMe page, and I think he made enough money to get a ticket to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but oh wow, he's yeah, it's interesting because I've been I watch him 
and I keep up with them. And he is always gung ho about uh, the Eagles and wearing the jersey and doing all that. So yeah, if you run into him, it, it's interesting. He's really kind of a gung ho fan and doing uh, doing all of it for good reason. So it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, that is cool. That's, that's yeah. You know, I wish I wish those things actually get in the headlines more. You know, and, and I think that's the thing. That's that's one of the reasons as a parent that I've gone so gung-ho. I love to see these kids feel what that's like in a town that's going. Like when I was growing up, the Royals won in 85. I think I was 12 or 13, but that was the only time. I mean, they had some good seasons. I mean, we played against the Phillies in the 80s, um, and, and we had some good teams. But overall, you know, the existence in baseball was really bleak until 14, 15 and football until 2019. So to have kids and to have a young son that's really bespeckled by it, man, it's so good to see because once that gets in their bloodstream, it'll be there for the rest of their lives. They will be gung ho. That's true. That's true. And I've been fortunate for the most part. The Eagles have been pretty competitive for, yeah, pretty much competitive since I've, I've been paying attention. So I've, I probably started paying attention to when, when McNabb got there, and so they've been they've had a few down years, but overall they've been competitive in playoffs. Had a, a good handful amount of deep playoff runs as well. Yeah, and and I think Kansas City was pretty consistent even back when they weren't that good with Alex Smith. But we always, no one was surprised when we lost the game there was one year where we were surprised. I mean, it was like really, really close, but we never had that point where we went over that edge and to have someone like Mahomes right now, you know, we're, you know, we're in that realm. I, I went to a Royals game this, uh, this year and they were playing Cleveland and I was talking to somebody cause it was after they got to Sean Watson and we were just kind of talking about that predicament there. And it's like, you know, um, that, that Baker Mayfield, you know, his Titanic was sinking at the time. Then they get this Deshaun Watson who's all in all this legal issues, and they were just shaking their heads like, we don't even know what to do right now. Because even if there's a chance that somehow some of that legal stuff goes away, none of that's ever going to go away for Deshaun Watson. And how is that town ever going to really rally around somebody that has that much suspicion and cloud around them? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a weird sports culture to be involved with. That is, that is, that is. And I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see how that pans out as well. Just because, because I think none of those things, I don't, there's really no closure with that to my understanding. I, I guess people probably did settlements and stuff, but uh yeah, that, that'll be interesting. That's a very, that's a diehard sports town as well, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, and I feel bad for their baseball team. Like I just know how many times they've had that champagne in the locker room. They were ready to go, and it didn't happen. And I think about Cleveland kind of like us, you know, just that town that if they win, it's going to explode. When the when the Indians finally win, that town's going to go crazy. Because when we had um, when we had the, the Royals parade, it was like unreal. I'd never seen that many people in my life. I was down there and it was just crazy. In fact, I even left before the actual speech happened, but I was there too in um, 2020. And the weird thing about that parade that the Chiefs had was that was probably the largest gathering of people 
on planet Earth before COVID started, because that was around the, the end of the first week of February, and everybody was together. And they even said the concentration of COVID was so high in San Francisco, it's a good thing that the, that the 49ers didn't win, because it would have spread in an unprecedented rate if it would have happened there and they would have had a parade. I wonder why that is. I, I guess maybe because San Fran gets San Fran gets a lot of international flights as well, and yes. I guess just the, old, the overall traffic, yeah, compared to Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, like the confluence of being on the coast and the mm-hmm. international, you know, uh, confluence. So again, is if Patrick Mahomes needed another realm to have his back padded, they were like, you know, <laughs> good for him for winning the game. So it was mm-hmm. another, you know, reason to do that, but. um but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's fun to kind of be uh, again to be in a town that is just really going gonzo. And I'm kind of comparing this a little bit to the way it was before. And it really, there's levels of this that feel exactly the same. But I can say in Kansas City, there's a level of us that's kind of like um, we're not toddlers anymore. I feel like we're for like sports chiefs mentality in that championship realm, we're kind of in like a teenager realm. We're not quite at that point where we're mature, but we're at that point where it's like, we're not the new kids anymore. We feel good about this. I even see Mahomes exuding that a little bit more now too. Mm-hmm. You definitely not to upstart anymore. If, if anything, I think that's, that's on, that's on Philly's side. So I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, Probably Philly feels if, – if you had to say who feels more pressure, I'd probably say maybe Philly just because a lot of them, it's their first time there. And whereas the Chiefs, it's, 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 it's not. They've been around this block. And I think they've been to the championship game what, five, five years in a row now, I think, or something. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Which is just still surreal. And it's still surreal to me to think that we're going to a Super Bowl. No matter how much everybody's like, you know, Kansas City, I, I'm still – a guy who's 50 years old spent most of my life watching this team just collapse, bad coaching, you know, never getting the quarterback, you know, that whole thing. I mean, I think when I was a kid, we drafted Todd Blackledge. I think he came out of Penn State. He was one of the biggest prospects in football at that time for, for decades. He was a complete, absolute flop. I mean, within the first year, it was over with. Um, so, yeah. We've been really hanging on this, and, and I think there's a film out about how Brett Beach and everybody really, really charted Mahomes and did extraordinary things to get him, and I've always had that on my list of something to watch, but it's a documentary that's out there, and it's fascinating to see how long he was on the radar of the Chiefs getting their hands on him and how hard we fought to get him. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so, yeah, we got them locked in for a little while, and, and it's good. We're, we're comfortable with that. But at any rate, it's, uh, it, it's good when your team can go, um, you know, to that big game. And, and I think that's the part of this that's so special is that for all of the, the divisiveness that we feel politically in this country and for all of these issues that are, are really always coming up in the news, it's always so good that there's this one unifier, you know. I always feel like that's the way it is with music. Music is that, you know, that 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 
the ultimate democratic, no political lines thing that just makes you feel good. And they're just doing it to make you feel good. And there's nothing that you need to choose. Now with sports, there's a little bit more, but at the end of the day, there's still that camaraderie that pulls us all together. That's so essential. I think, especially in these modern times. Yes. I, I think with, I think that's a great point that oftentimes music and sports is the, the great unifier. Cause even for, you know, those few hours, a lot of times, I, I think I told my mom when Philly was playing that, I told her that for all the problems the city has as far as crime and other things like that, I told her the police reports will probably be very low that that night in terms of the typical stuff that they usually have to deal with. You might have more public intoxication to deal with that night, but as far as the other types of crime, it's probably going to be lower that night because everyone's just focusing and celebrating unified with the Eagles and the sports you know, the first night the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan, it is, I think to this day, one of the lowest crime rates America ever had as a nation. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I always think about that. It's true. And I remember interviewing musicians where they would talk about the UN missions that, that Louis Armstrong would go on, and they would go into these war-torn regions of, of, you know, Africa, and they would literally stop fighting. Like, in an area where there was bullets flying, they would put a stage up, and Lewis would bring in Disney and all those cats, and they would play, and everybody was together just enjoying the music, and then, you know, it went back to what it was, but there was always this way that that would happen, and I think that's you know, that's really true of, uh, of Kansas City. Yeah, it's interesting. The day before the game, um, I just happened to be in the area, and they usually block Arrowhead, but they didn't. And my son and I got to drive around and take pictures and just kind of feel the stadium. And it was really – there was something really – it's hard to put my finger on really majestic, really – good that felt nice that you could see the billboard from the street it's as close as we would get to something like that i mean not only was it freezing cold it was thousands of mm -hmm. dollars to get in but we could actually see and feel the stadium and again that's another level of this that i think i relish the most is that i can give those moments to my son that 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 are really cool that he'll always remember i will always remember it's just that kind of anticipation and that way that we all get unified and kind of look on this spectacle is something that's just special that's good that 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 doesn't have to become divisive or weird you know yeah you want them to win but if they lose at the end of the day you're still cementing some pretty good memories very much so very much so very much so and i hope to have, i hope to do that in the future as well to, to uh, give memories like that yeah you, you know when when the royals played the only other time that i did anything like that was back when so when the Royals won in 2015, we hosted the American League Championship game. It was game seven, and it, it was, well, let's see if we're going to the World Series. And I went, and we paid $20 to the park, and we got out, and Miles and I just found people, and we played catch. Just random people, had a good time, and we ended up going to the gate, heard the announcements, saw the fireworks. In fact, we heard a home run. I think Zobers hit a home run or Moustakas or one of them and felt that crowd. And we literally hung out there for like the first 30 minutes of the game. And we totally felt like we were there 
And it was to this day, it was just wondrous to even think that we were that close. And we just got a $20 ticket. And then we went home and watched the game. I think it was rain delayed, but they ended up winning, went to the World Series. So anyways, those moments, even even if you don't have the thousands because it's hard to get a ticket, there's ways of kind of dancing around it and making it something that's pretty pretty cool for everybody. Hmm. So, um, but at any rate, yeah, I, I really definitely wanted to take you up on talking about the game and, and, and I'm looking forward to it. So thank you for, uh, for doling out a little time to talk about it. Our teams are in and, um, I'm looking forward to a good game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I enjoyed it and, uh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it happened. I know we mentioned, like you said, we mentioned it uh, a few weeks ago and it, 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 it came true. And, and so, um, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing to see. And so I, yeah. I don't have anything, I don't have anything against, uh, Kansas city. So, it's not like like some teams where you have a little more hostility and it's more of a robbery. So now you just uh, it's just a, a good game. That's it. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. so I, that, I, don't even, I don't even think I don't even think the Super Bowl like leading up to the Super Bowl like sometimes there's usually drama or people bad mouthing each other. I don't think it'll be that because it's the former Eagles coach and then there's and then there's so many like connections and everything. So I, I think Cowboys might be a little bored of this upcoming week because there's no drama. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. My best friend from high school is, was always a Phillies fan. And, um, you know, so I've seen his post and he's really into it. So it's kind of cool after all these years to see the two teams come together. So yeah, there's a lot of good that's going into this. I think it's, uh, it's just, it's good. Um, we're excited and, uh, we'll just see what happens. I actually, to be honest with you, this year, after last year's loss, I really pulled back and didn't follow. I mean, there was literally Sundays where I would come in on the second or third quarter or not even really tune in for a while. I just kind of, I had I had a detox. Like, this was my year of detox, and I'm still a little bit in that realm. I'm just kind of taking it almost kind of from like a macro perspective and just looking at it as something that's just fun. I don't want to really, t- I don't really want to, pick the stats apart too much. I don't want to really get into it too much. I just want to take that visceral feeling of, you know what? We're in a town in, a, in an era where we just kind of are coming out of a pandemic. Life's starting to come back. Let's just feel good that we got some good good vibes going on here and just have a good game. I kind of That's kind of where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here, same here. And I, I don't, I didn't keep up with every game in the regular season as well. It's a, it's a long regular season to me. Yeah, I, I watched some. I, I I I dipped in here and there, and then and then just. But yeah, I'm kind of like you. Yeah, just kind of let the chips fall where they may. So yeah, all right, mm-hmm. hey man, Julian, this has been great. Uh, it's great to catch up with you. Good luck to everybody involved. It's it's great to see this happening, and uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll 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 somehow communicate and talk afterwards. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm sure we will. Take care, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, Super Bowls, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. May the best competitor win out there. We're pulling for the Chiefs around here. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.